0: Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. In the book of Habakkuk, the Message Bible says it like this, God answered. He said, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read. Read on the run write down the vision make it plain what is it that you see what is it that you see that God wants to do for you spirit of the Lord said there's nothing that's too hard for him could it be for you absolutely say it's for me The vision that God's given you is for you. He put this in your heart so that he could demonstrate his glory. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. The God that we serve is exceedingly abundantly above. And he wants to begin to demonstrate his goodness to the point that you begin to believe him for bigger and better things. Now we think sometimes, well, you know, what about, you talking about bigger houses, bigger, no, no, no. God God wants this gospel preached all over the world. And this is a season of transfer of wealth. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Bill Gates is going to empty his bank account and give it to the church. But what that really means is that God is going to give you some big ideas that's going to revolutionize society. He's equipping you, He's giving you these visions. And what you're writing down today is comparably small to what God has for you in the future. But He's going to do something special in the writing down of your vision so that you know that He's behind what He's shown you. Write it down. Because you need to be able to see it when you're on the run. so big, it's, it's written so big that you can't avoid not running into it on a regular basis. The vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. I don't know if God is like me in the sense that sometimes I'm well, I'm, I'm ready, you know, come on, a little, little anxiousness maybe, like, come on, let's get this done, but you know, I believe God's in heaven saying, come on, take hold of this, I want to do this for you, I want to do this for you, come on, I'm waiting for you to receive it. I'm waiting for you to believe it. I'm waiting for you to take hold of it. I've got it for you. Come on. Because as the message Bible says here, it aches for the coming. Can you imagine the pain of not being able to bless you? Now, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for Vicky and me. But this Christmas, we invited some people that aren't a part of this church to come have Christmas dinner with us. They said they would come. And I got a little gift for the little child that was supposed to be there. And Vicky and I, she got all her best Christmas dishes out. And I went and bought a turkey and roasted it. And we were all ready. And nobody showed up. Now don't feel bad for us. That's not the point. But the blessing, we were were painful, not because they didn't show up, but because we couldn't give them what we prepared for them. How much more does your heavenly Father feel when you don't receive what he has for you? The Bible says in Psalms 23, He has prepared a table for you in the presence of his enemy. Now, folks, I know that Psalms 23 is read a lot at memorials, but it's not really fitting there because there's no devil in heaven. And the table that he's prepared for you is right here on this earth, and there must be some aching, painful disappointment that you're not there to receive the spread that he has for you. He has put this vision, this desire that we're going to pray over today in your heart to fulfill it as a sign and wonder of His goodness. That's why He's put it there. That's why He said, Write it down. Make it so large that wherever, whenever you're on the run that you see it. It goes, it aches for the coming, it can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in the coming wait, it's on its way, and it will come right on time. Can somebody rejoice about right now? Write it down so it can be read. Write it down so it can be talked about. Yeah, people are going to talk about, you really think God can bless you? Get a life. You can't convince me he can't bless me. I'm already spoiled. I already know. He took these nobodies and made a somebody out of them, brought them up from Fort Worth, Texas, put them in a dilapidated bar, and there were challenges, but yet God took care of it. We were running out of space. He said, I got a better place. I didn't mean to rhyme that. And he opened up this place. Two and a half years later, paid for. Another 30 acres, two and a half years, paid for. Another sign that his hand is on this house is that wall. And the improvements we made during that time. During COVID, God enabled us to finance that wall And the other things, other improvements in this house, $157,000 in 10 months. Another sign. What else does God need to do to get you to stretch and to believe him? He's got bigger and better things for you. Why? Because in Haggai it says, it's like putting... Money in your pocket that has holes in it. Why is that, Lord? Because you haven't considered my house, but I'm here to say not so in this house. You've considered his house. You've been a part of this house, and you need to get ready, get ready, get ready, because you poured your heart into what was important to him. He's going to pour his heart into what's important to you. So write it down so it can be read. Job, when he was going through his challenges, one of his friends was trying to help him. Not everything that was written in Job represented who God is. But some things that were written in Job represents who God is. And in Job 22, verse 26 through 30, it says, Then you shall have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him, and he will hear you, and you will pay your vows. In fact, one translation, we'll see this in just a minute, says, he will pay your vows. He will pay your vows. How big is your God? Now, we're not to get frivolous with this thing. Well, I'm just going to make a pledge for a million dollars and see if God can do that. Well, If you can't make a pledge for $100 and see if God can do that, let me encourage you. Don't make a pledge for a million dollars. How many of you glad that God doesn't repossess based on our pledges? (laughs) Amen. Well, I'm going to repossess your house. You made a pledge five years ago, and you never fulfilled it. You got that big screen TV? Oops, excuse me. Anyway, moving on. We ought to have a little fun with it. Come on. But he will pay your vows. Verse 28 says, you will also declare a thing, and it shall be established for you. What are you declaring today? So light will shine on your ways. In other words, he's going to show you how to get it. Hmm? He's going to show you how to get it. When they cast you down and say, Exalt, when they cast you down, you say, Exaltation will come. We were praying this morning, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and he he did it again because somebody needed to hear it today. Yeah, there's been some attacks against you. And yes, the devil uses people. And yes, they would like to see you not succeed. That's a fact. Life, unfortunately, but the Lord spoke to me. He said, For the same resistance that's come against them, my resistance is stronger, and I'm moving them out of the way. And there is now open heaven for you. (laughs) Quit dwelling on what wasn't for them, or they keep on doing this. God, when's this going to stop? God said, It stopped. In fact, it's been reversed. That's part of the divine reversal that he was speaking to us about. So receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. it. Because they couldn't stop you. If they could have, they would have. But see, trying to stop you is like trying to stop God. Think about it. And that's what he's saying here. When they try to cast you down, you just begin to shout, exaltation. Exaltation. You can't stop, you can't stop me. Because if God's not going to stop you, and God doesn't want to stop you, then they can't stop you. Somebody slapped the devil upside the head, I'm telling you. He's given you all power over the power of the enemy. And by no means, he has no means We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and weaknesses in high places. You know, that's why you need to pray for them. They don't realize they have been yielded to the spirit, the wrong spirit, the ones who've come against you. But take your place and say, not anymore. When they cast you down, say, exaltation is coming. And don't you think Job needed to hear from a friend? Hey, Job, when they cast you down, wasn't Job cast down at this moment in his life? Absolutely. Job, you need to declare a thing. And one of the things you need to, isn't this to turn around? Isn't there something that we've heard prophetically spoken? about this house and you, something along the lines of divine acceleration? Write it down. Divine acceleration. I don't know how, but I don't need to know how. I just didn't know that God's going to do this. He's going to show us. He's going to give us some insight. The world may say it won't work, For those who don't know this, many people told me, don't know if they told my wife, don't know if she was around, don't think she was. Don't go to Columbia, Missouri. It won't work. Well, 25 years later, it's working. working. Don't go. It won't work. It's working. And see, that thing that God's put in your heart's working, too. You need to take hold of it. It's working. He will save the humble person. What's a humble person? Someone who's looking to somebody greater than themselves to accomplish those things that's in their hearts. A humble person will always ask for help. He will even, ooh, that's good, Lord. I lift my eyes unto the Lord or unto the hills from whence. Comes my help. That's a humble person. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. In other words, he's going to lift up his plans. A humble person will say, God, not my way, your way. And God's fi- saying, finally, I can show you my goodness. Bless your darling heart, your little pea brain mind. That's all you can comprehend, and I've allowed you to have that, but God's saying, I want to do so much more for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. God wants you to expand. God wants you to expand your thinking. He wants to do more for you. Tell your neighbor he wants to do more for you. He'll save the humble person. He will even deliver one who's not innocent. See, now, Job's friends thought it was all Job's fault. We don't need to get into the theology of Job. Most of us wouldn't understand it anyway. But he's saying, you know, Job, even if you blew it, God's going to fix it for you. Come on, somebody. Isn't he the God of a second chance? Well, thank God he's the God of a third chance because I needed a third chance. In fact, I needed a fourth chance. I needed a fifth chance. You know, he'll give you as many chances as you need if you'll come to him. You know why? Because when you come to him, it's as if you don't need a chance at all. It's like a brand new thing. Praise God. Yes? He will be delivered by the purity of God's hands. Wow. Not by might, nor by spirit, nor power, excuse me. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, say God. You know, I've only had this happen a few times in my life, but it happened today. As we began to worship God and say how holy he is, I was entering into getting closer to his throne. And I could see his throne and just filled with the kind of glory of God. And the closer I got to his throne, the more the glory of God just purified me. I could feel it. It's just like being washed by the purity of God. And that's what God wants you to understand. He sees you holy. He sees you pure. He sees you innocent. He's justified you. We quote Romans 3.23. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it goes on and says, Romans 3.24, but he has freely justified you. What would it cost you if it's free? Nothing. Hmm? Well, there's an endless supply of it, See, we 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 are so limited to everything. The way we eat, because we don't want to eat too much. Obsessiveness, we don't want to get obsessed with too many things. But God's saying there is a limited supply yes. of my holiness for you to purify you so you can receive all that God has for you. A limitless, limitless supply. That makes sense. Certainly does to me. How I many have you ever gone to a buffet? You're biblical. The Bible says buffet your body. You know? It's like, oh, I paid for this, man. I'm going to, mm, man, I'm going to make them regret they ever let me come through the doors. They're going to lose money on me. That's what I used to think. You know, when I was 205 pounds and had an appetite of an elephant and wiped out the Buffet, bar, before anybody else could get in line. And then went back for seconds. And then thirds. And then two or three desserts. And didn't gain a pound. Those were the days, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, God paid for it. And it's not going to give you any calories. And it's not going to be bad for you. He's prepared a table in the presence of your enemies. The Message Bible says it like this. You shall, or you'll take delight in God, the mighty one, and look to him joyfully, boldly. You'll pray to him, and he'll listen. He'll help you do what you've promised. He'll help you do what you promised. He'll help you do what you've promised. You'll decide what you want, and it'll happen. Your life will be bathed in light. To those who feel low, you'll say, chin up, be brave, and God will save them. Yes, even the guilty will escape, escape through God's grace in your life. So I believe that one of the things to seeing your vision come to pass is to begin to declare your vision. Declare a thing, and it shall come to pass. Delight yourself. And the Lord, Psalms 37, 4 says, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Expand the expanded Bible, says it like this. Enjoy serving God. It shouldn't be a burden to serve God. Amen. Let me say this. You don't really pay your tithes. I get it. I say it once in a while. My wife will say, did you pay the tithes? You know, I get it. But you don't really pay your tithes. Because that's a tribute. You honor God by bringing your tithes. And you should do it with joy. Because God loves a cheerful giver. You should enjoy coming to church. Oh, dear Lord. Dear God, I don't want pastor calling me. I better show up Sunday. Well, I don't call you when you don't show up on Sunday. I won't say why I know. (laughs) Because you know. Anyway. But no, it shouldn't be a drudgery to serve God. It should be a joy. It should be a delight. What was it you said, Patricia, when when you came? We're coming to meet God in this place. This is a meeting house of God. God was here at the very beginning of the service. And I'm here to tell you, God's going to be here at the very end of the service. Because he's already spoken to us. He likes this house. And I know why. Because I'm his favorite. And he loves to visit me more than anybody else. Well, that's a little off theologically but I know the favor of God. He likes this house. He likes being here. He likes hanging out here. This is a meeting place so that you can meet God experience God. It shouldn't be a drudgery. It should be a delight. That's why it says enjoy serving the Lord and he will give you what you want. The request of your heart. The Living Bible says like this be delighted with the Lord. I've heard people say, I'm a little ticked with God. I think, oh man, that's the last person you want to be ticked with. You know, I I, I had a made up imagery of God when someone says, hey, I'm ticked with you, God. You know, I can just see God saying, so what? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't my fault. I didn't make you make that bad decision. Mm-hmm. You know? People, when things didn't go the way I wanted them to go, I had this plan, I had that plan, and this and that, and I had disappointments, and, and I'm mad at God. Yeah, but you know what? God probably was trying to tell you make different choices that got you where you're at. But the good news is, even if you made a bad choice, God will let you start all over. In fact, not only start over with nothing, He'll give you a head start. He'll give you what you need to continue on. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about the Word today. Be delighted with the Lord, and then He will give you all your heart's desire. And, you know, the key is being thankful. The Bible tells us do all things without complaining or murmuring. Pastor, please give us some good stuff. Do all things without complaining or murmuring. No, not that. No, it's part of being delightful. You know, all of us have responsibilities in this life that some things aren't as fun to do but we're required to do them. And that's why it says in Philippians 2, 14 through 16, do all things without complaining or disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. You know what that really means? That means when you go to the gas pump, and you're putting gas in at almost $3 a gallon, you don't murmur and complain about it. Hmm? I'm almost there. You don't get in agreement with the negative things and complain about why it's come about. Why? So that you can be faultless and harmless. And you know, if you're delighting in God, you know God can do several things. Number one, He'll always provide for what you need. Always provide for what you need. Number two, He can do exceedingly abundantly. He can cause your car to get better gas mileage when you're thankful. Amen? Amen. Is he not the God of impossibility? Well, absolutely he is. You know, he can make a way when there seems to be no way. So don't murmur and complain about what's going on out there because you leave a door open to stop the blessing of the Lord. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So keeping a good attitude about life. I'll never forget. It's been probably about a year or so, maybe two years now. But I was just complaining to the Lord. Lord, I don't get it. You know, I don't understand this situation at all. It was very negative, very unwarranted, very hurtful. You know, I think I'm going to do something back. You know, why do you let them get away with it? If you're going to let them get away with it, I'm not going to let them get away with it. Any ever, Anybody here think that way besides me? Only two of you. Very good. Well, at least I'm in good company. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, what's important is that you do the right thing. Because, see, my personality is, if I do something wrong, I want to go fix it. And I feel bad until I do my best to fix it. And I don't like feeling bad. So I just quit doing wrong things. (laughs) And to try to vindicate myself, try to get revenge, is wrong. It's not trusting God. And so, therefore, it's important for me to do the right thing even if everybody else does the wrong thing, because it really helps my soul to do the right thing. And God always turns it around. Isn't that wonderful? Are you learning something this morning? So what do we do? We declare it. What matters is the choices you make. It doesn't matter what choices other people make. We declare it. Well, we see in Job... Declare a thing, and it shall come to pass. What did Jesus say in Mark eleven twenty-two. Have the faith of God, or he's really saying you have the faith of God. So if you have the faith of God, then why is it so difficult to believe God for big things? If you have the faith of God, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now, any time you see verily, verily, it means that God's backing this with a covenant promise. It's a guarantee. Verily, verily. I say unto you, surely I say unto you, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Surely, verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says, which he says, which he says, he shall have those things which he's been saying. Amen. So when you pray believe that you receive we're going to pray over your vision believe that you receive declare I have those things which I say I have these things this is what God's doing in my life this is how God's blessing me glory to God I have those things which I say so when you pray believe you receive those things which you say and you shall have those things believe believe What two things hinder us from relieving? Number one, ignorance, not knowing that God can do it. That's not a problem in this house. We know God can do it, but believing you're good enough to receive it. That's the big one right there for most of us. And we just saw right there what he said in the book of Job. And it's not just the book of Job. It's the theme of God. He's forgiven you he's put you in right standing with him the being right standing with him means that you have this right we talk about inheritance inheritance is your right when my parents passed away there was a will written that gave me a right to receive from them that was my inheritance you have an inheritance you have a right That's why when it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to become sin in order, or to put the order in, to put things in order, that you may become the righteousness of God. That's his order for your life. That's his norm for your life. That's his direction for your life so that you may be the righteousness of God. What does it mean to be the righteousness of God? That means that you're in right standing with him. Hmm? You're in right standing with him. And not only does it mean that you're in right standing with him, but that you have a right to receive from him because he gave you that right. My parents put in paper and had it somehow sealed by the court's that this is, was my inheritance, that was my rights. And if I had to, unfortunately i got wonderful siblings, we never had any squawk over anything, but if I had to, I could have gone to the courts and the courts would have made sure that my rights were fulfilled. And I'm here to tell you that the courts of heaven is overseeing the Word of God for your life to make sure your rights are fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what he's doing in your life. That's what it means to be the righteousness of God. So when you pray, believe. Not only believe that God wants to do this for you, which you know that, but believe that you are a candidate, that he put you in right standing so that you can receive from him. Prepare for it. Number one, Declared, it. Number two. Well, that, that was number two. Let me go back to my notes here, real quick. I did something with page one. And I got page five from last week's sermon. And I know you guys don't want me to preach five hours this morning. So give me just a second here. What'd I do with page one? This is when some good music going on right now would be helpful. Just kidding. Well, we'll go on. Prepare for it. Prepare for it. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. This is what hinders a lot of people. Well, I believe God before and it hasn't come to pass. Hmm. Well, Hebrews 10, 35 says that after you've done the will of God, after you've done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. In fact, Hebrews 10.35 says, you have need of endurance or patience. Yeah. Scripture tells us that with patience and faith, we'll inherit the promises, just like the patriarchs did. You know, it took Abraham 25 years before Isaac came around. Now, that was a little bit of time, wasn't it? Hmm? You know, for some of us, if it doesn't happen in 25 seconds, 25 minutes, 25 hours, I'll give God a day. Really? Well, God says a day with the Lord's like a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. No, you worship God and say, God, I thank you, Lord, that I have the patience to receive because it will come to pass. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. You don't give up on God. Forget the former things. Don't let the past dictate what you can have for the future. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals, the ostrich, because I give waters in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my people, my chosen. These people I form for myself, they shall declare I pray. The expanded Bible says it like this. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. Hmm? Have you written it down? How many of you wrote your vision down? Let me see your hand. Has it come to pass? Well, but it's a new thing. So look at it. Look at the vision. Look at this new thing that God's doing. It's already happening. See, these things are in motion. These things that God wants for you is already in motion. He already has them for you. Don't stop the motion by doubt and unbelief. It's already happening, happening, sprouting and springing up. Don't you see it? I'll make a road, a pathway in the desert and a wilderness. You know, so many times as we're waiting on this manifestation of God to bring something to pass, God causes something to happen That is an inroad to that. Supernatural, something small sometimes, and we just kind of blow it off. Well, that just happened. No, that's God confirming that what he has for you is in motion. He's letting you know, hey, I got this going. No, when Elijah looked over the cliff and sent his servant out for the seventh time, did the servant say, oh, my gosh. I mean, there is a frog strainer coming. I mean, there's a storm of storms. No, he said, no, but there's a cloud about the size of a man's hand. That was a little sign. And Elijah girded up his clothes, and and I'm not sure how they wore what they wore. I'm sure he didn't have Converse tennis shoes back then or Nikes. But nevertheless, he got dressed told everybody there's abundance of rain, outran the king's chariots, got back to Jezreel in a moment's time, and here came the rain. Sometimes we don't give credit to the little things that God's doing that's preparing for the big things. We need to be thankful for the little things. I'll make a road pathway in the desert. It'll be like a return from Babylon portrayed as new exodus. And what God's saying to us at this time is that I am taking you out of this world system to be a testimony to the world. Yes. There may be more challenges in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. Glory to God. They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. It's in the refuge where my provision will be met. It's in the fortress that all my needs will be met. Why? Because I'm not of this kingdom. I'm of His kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, I can dance. Yes. Hallelujah. I can shout. Yes. Hallelujah. I make rivers in the dry land. And then Isaiah 54, 1 through 4 is the word the Lord gave us a while back. The one that I had a Gideon moment with. Sing, O barren, you who have not borne. Break forth in the singing and cry aloud. That's shouting. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge, enlarge, somebody say enlarge with me. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants, there's the children again, will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgrace, for you will not be put to shame. You will forget the shame of your youth, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. The Message Bible says it like this. Clear the lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large and spread out and think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. How many nations do we have represented here? If you're from a different nation, stand to your feet. Go ahead. Wow, and the Bible says we'll preach the nations. Here they are, right here. Praise yeah. God, Amen. Yeah. Thank you. And we overlook those things. No, that's a sign from God. There's nations in this house. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. How many of you know the story of this land? What it was intended for? Well, God just happened to send us to resettle it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, they have a carnal seat for the county. We have the spiritual seat for the county. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you've got to know the history that was, was in another message before that I shared but of this land, to know that. So we've been here to reestablish. Glory to God. To resettle the bandits cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back because you're not going to come up short. All right. The fourth thing is to thank God that it's on its way. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. All right, when we pray according to his will, he hears us. The expanded Bible says it like this, and this is the boldness and confidence we have in God's presence That if we ask anything for anything that agrees with him, he wants, he hears us. If we know he hears us every time we ask and whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for him. Amen. What is it the Lord's been saying? Divine reversals, accelerated destiny, maximum results, unprecedented goodness of God, higher level attainable, isn't what he's been saying? Isn't what God's been saying this, not only in this house, but other houses through other men and women of God? Isn't that what he's saying? Well, I believe it's time we thank him for it. Amen. Amen. I believe we need to just begin to thank God for all that he's doing and all that's going to manifest in our lives and do this one thing. Ask God to be glorified by expanding your thinking. Ask God to be glorified. By expanding your thinking. God help me think the way you think. Come on somebody. Help me think the way you think. Help me to think bigger. Help me to really see me being a part of it. Amen. Glory to God. I want to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's me too, Vicky. We're in agreement. Amen. So one of the things that's a sign in this house is this little piece of equipment over here. I don't think it's on today, is it? Where's my where are you? Nope, it's not on today. But this is for deaf people. And I had a vision. I was praying and I had a vision. And I know some of my visions sometimes intertwine with my engineering background and things like that. And I, I got to thinking, you know what? We need to have that. That's exactly what I saw. We need to have that for deaf people. So that we don't rely on people who do sign language for our deaf people. That way they can come in and they can see the caption. And it started in prayer. Had a vision for it. Well, I'm not here to discredit any of our media people or anything, but when I first talked to them about it, they were willing to do it, but they came back to me and said, it can't be done. We don't know how it's going to be done. Am I telling the truth? I'm not belittling anybody. We don't think it can be done. We're not sure. We've talked, you know. I said, well, man, dear Lord, I can turn on caption on my TV and have it done. Yeah, but pastor, that's a pre-recorded message. To have this done, you have to hire a certain company who does the typing for you as you speak, and it costs a lot of money. I said, no, man, it can be done, it can be done, it can be done, it can be done. I had a vision. It can be done. And lo and behold, it's being done. That should be a sign to this congregation. Now, my vision doesn't stop there. For all of you that sit on this side of the church, you need to move because I'm anticipating this side of the church to be filled with deaf people. Amen. And my vision doesn't stop there. Because my vision is that one day when this place is filled with deaf people, the Spirit of God's going to come in here and they're going to come in deaf and walk out hearing. Amen. That's my vision. Amen. Now, let me ask you something. Could I do that in the natural realm? Absolutely not. I have no way of fixing someone's ears. God does that's my vision but this right here is a sign of visions and dreams coming to pass and every time you see that you need to thank God that your vision is coming to pass amen thank you for listening today we believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives For more information, please visit us at familywc.org, or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.